Good morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you live, wherever you are. Welcome to another episode. It's been a while. It's been a long time um, of slouching towards Byzantium. It is now 2021 and this is actually my first podcast of the year, which is pretty sad because it's already March. Um, I don't really have a valid excuse for that, except that... I guess I've been busy, even though actually I've been less busy, technically, because my full-time teaching position ended um, at the end of December. I've been busy going for lots of walks, but with friends. And I've realized that walking when you're with friends is not very conducive to creating a podcast episode, because you're walking and you're chatting and you know, you just can't really, um, you can't really do a podcast if there's somebody with you. So that's fine. Um, I have been going for lots of walks with a group of friends. We kind of have an informal walkers club, informally known as the Ministry of Silly Walks. Uh, actually, that's just my name for it. But, but yes, lots of walks have been had but no podcast episodes. So I am trying to get back into it because the only way to get back into something is to dive headfirst. So I'm going to make an episode, um, maybe kind of a best of and kind of thinking back onto some of those previous walks that I've done with some friends. I've gone to some really interesting areas uh, in Istanbul, an area called Samatya. So I'm going to talk a bit about that. Samatya is a very interesting historical area of Istanbul, just um, along the Sea of Marmara, inside the old city walls. If you know where Yedekil Fortress is, um, kind of out in that area, Mevlana Kapi. There's a whole bunch of Kapis. Kapi means door in Turkish. Anyway, so we're going to talk about Samatya and possibly some other areas. I have to remember where I have gone on walks. And maybe I'll start... Um, you know, I'll actually go on another a walk. So this is going to be kind of the um, the, the smorgasbord episode, <laughs> smorgasbord, or or as we call in Turkey, um, there's something called, and I've had this conversation recently with these with some friends, supreme kavalte, which means breakfast kavalte. Um, but there's something called serpme kavalte, which I thought meant supreme, but actually means. Um, uh, means, sorry, I got distracted here making this recording. It actually means sprinkle. A little sprinkle of this, a sprinkle of that. Serpme So let's consider this the sprinkle episode of Slouching Towards Byzantium. A bit of this, a bit of that, and uh, a whole lot of chit-chat and information. So you'll have to excuse some of the um, sounds in the introduction there. It's been a while since I've recorded an episode and I forget how finicky and touchy um, making a podcast is on one's cell phone, recording into the phone whilst sitting in one's house and caring about your business. Um, So my apologies for that. 
Uh, so, as I was saying, this episode is going to be the surpme, I think I'm saying that right, the sprinkle episode, a bit of this, a bit of that, um, for uh, to discuss some walks that I have, have recently taken. Uh, so it's 2021, and it uh, it's kind of spring weather, it's kind of smarch weather, you know, smarch weather is that, that 13 month of the year. It was in a Simpsons episode years ago. Smarch weather is like that rainy, miserable weather. It's not quite winter. It's not quite spring. Uh, probably worse in Canada or North America. Turkey, generally speaking, has warmer weather. But the rain gets to be very tedious and just the kind of miserable weather. Having said that, there have been some very nice sunny days. Um, one of which was couple weeks ago when we did go to Samatia. Or maybe more more like a month ago. Yeah. Time flies. Time flies. When you're living under COVID restrictions forever and ever eternally. Uh, Samatia is a neighborhood um, of Istanbul. As I mentioned, just barely located within the old city walls of Constantinople. Uh, the name Samatia originally comes from the Greek word Samathion, I believe I'm saying that right, which means sandy. And that is because it is sort of on the water and probably traditionally was a sandy area, one would assume. Uh, so originally, you know, this area, of course, was part of ancient Byzantium, Constantinople. There are a variety of old churches there, um, which are difficult to get into. You know, we tried ringing the doorbell to go into probably half a dozen churches and we were not allowed inside. There are a variety of reasons for that, um, which I will not get into, but there are churches. It is still interesting. And, you know, maybe if you make an appointment or <laughs> somehow or another arrange it, you can actually get access inside. You can go on Sundays, or at least in the past, uh, prior to COVID, I made a visit to Samatia and I went in all of those churches for actual church services on a Sunday. But because we now have a Sunday lockdown, that throws a wrench into those sorts of plans. I don't know how one would go to a church service on a Sunday when we are not supposed to leave our house. Anyway, never mind that. Um, otherwise, more of the history, you know, the historical um interest to Samatia. Obviously, it, it is a old region with all these churches. Um, more recently, so, you know, in the Ottoman times and then into the, the founding of the modern state of Turkey, Samatia was an area mostly inhabited by Armenians. So the Armenian population kind of settled there um, at the beginnings of the Ottoman Empire. So back in the 15th century. Uh, and there are some churches there and monasteries that were established back at that time. Of course, there were major fires that ravaged through this area in the Ottoman time. So a lot of those churches have been rebuilt partially and, you know, so on and so forth. And a lot of the, the residential buildings, of course, would burn down. But there still are a lot of the classic old Ottoman wooden mansions. Um, it's really a picturesque area to walk through. I would compare it sort of to Balat, except that it hasn't been gentrified. So there hasn't been, you know, lots of cafes opening and you certainly won't run into any hipsters taking their photos um, in Samatia. Except for me. You will run into me taking my photo like a hipster. 
Anyway, so Samatya was destroyed by and large, um, you know, a large chunk of it in 1782 by one of those famously large and terrifying Istanbul fires. And, you know, because a lot of the Ottoman buildings were made out of wood, fires were very, um, you know, a very, potentially a very destructive force. So, um, yeah, there's a bit of history about Samatya. I'm going to uh, continue in another segment and we'll talk a bit more. So now that we've explored Samatya a little bit, we've seen some churches, the famous old, it's called the Studios Monastery. It's one of the oldest um, Byzantine sites going back to ancient Byzantium. There was a monastery built there. And now, of course, it's in ruin. It became a mosque. But as far as I know, it's not really a functioning mosque. Anyway, so we've seen that. We've taken a stroll through the main square, the fish market. We've walked past some old mehanes because Samatya has these old mehanes. Mehane means Tur is a Turkish word for tavern, place where you can have raka, the national drink, which is very much like ouzo for anyone that's had ouzo, but better than ouzo. And you have your meze and your fish, delicious. Anyway, so we've done a little, a little uh, gander through Samatya. Now we're walking back. Pretend we're walking back towards um, the walls. So, you know, towards the um, Kozla Cheshme Marmarai stop, because that's probably how you would go to Samatya. You would take the Marmarai to that stop. Anyway, so now we're back by the walls. I'm recreating this in my mind as I make this recording from the comfort of my home. So now you're back by the walls and you're at Yedekule, which is, you know, the fortress that was built um, right on the Sea of Marmara. This is sort of the first big corner of, of the walls, of the edge of the, the old, old city. So now imagine we walk uh, north. I think it's about north. Along the walls, the first thing you're gonna notice is well, the walls, of course, which are amazing, falling apart, crumbling, but still very much standing as a reminder of everything that the city has been through and the, the layers of history and, you know, the, the walls that withheld um, the Byzantine Empire until they were finally breached and Byzantine Empire was overthrown by the Ottomans in 1453. Is that right? 1453? Yes. So we walk along the walls and then you're going to notice um, in the summertime, anyways, in the spring and summer, gardens. So this is actually a tradition going back to Byzantine times. So between the, the various, uh, the first outer wall and then the inner wall, because there was several walls and then a moat of water and all of this to kind of you know, act as an additional barrier, they also grew vegetables. So that tradition is going back hundreds of years. And now um, there are gardens there and people grow lettuce and radishes and tomatoes, everything. Um, which is, you know, a really interesting thing to see these sort of contemporary urban gardens between ancient Byzantine walls. And you keep walking, you keep walking, and you're gonna come across a gate. So I think the first gate is the Mavlana Kappe. Um, and then there's also the Belgrade Kappe. I forget which is first. And these were major gates that um, were used in, you know, 
processions and um, that type of thing. Um, and obviously once uh, Constantinople became Istanbul and was taken over by the Ottomans, I believe those gates were used for different things. Not entirely sure, but they're really, really interesting. And now, of course, they're just uh, roads. Roads pass through these, these ancient gates. Anyway, and you can continue walking along the walls basically, you know, the entire way. You could walk all the way to the Golden Horn if you wanted um, along the ramparts, the, the remnants of the walls, because they are still standing and kind of, you can really see how big um, the old city of Constantinople was because everything that was in there was considered to be the capital, right? So everything that's outside of there now, modern Istanbul, has grown so much. It's a city of almost 20 million people. But even so, that old city that is contained within the walls is quite large and you really get a sense of that walking along the walls. Just a little tidbit of information. Um, the walls surrounding the old city actually have 55 different gates. That's a lot of gates. I, I don't know all of those. I would say I know about 10 of them. And those are probably the major ones that have, you know, uh, modern roads passing through them, you know, going from the old city to elsewhere. Um, I mean, I know some of them. Belgrade Kape, Mavlana Kape, Shalivri Kape, uh, which I assume has its name because the road that passes through there heads out to Shalivri, which is sort of a suburb on the Marmara Sea. Edirne Kape, Samache Kape, uh, Ahir Kape, I know specifically because it's over in Sultanahmet and is actually an old Roma neighborhood. And... Um, in springtime, it, it's the best area of the city to go to see the festival of Hidalrelez, which is the traditional Roma um, gypsy festival. Roma being the proper name. What other gates do we have here? Guhane Kape, Sakiji Kape, Ayayorge Kape, St. George Kape. Don't even know it. Uh, yeah, I have a list here of all of the gates. Ivan Sarai Kape, Chibale Kape, I do know. So these are all the gates on all of the walls, the seawall and those giant land walls. 55 gates, learn them, count them, memorize them. So I mentioned that this episode is a bit of this, a bit of that, uh, in the tradition of the Sırpme Kavalte, Turkish breakfast, which with a scattering, a sprinkling. Now, what does this mean? Well, if you've never had Turkish breakfast, for one, I feel bad for you, son. I feel bad for you because Turkish breakfast is fabulous and probably one of the world's best breakfasts. Although I do love a good British breakfast, an English breakfast, rather. Baked beans and a sautéed mushrooms, no bloody pudding. What's it called? Bloody pudding? Black pudding? None of that. None of that. Anyway, Turkish breakfast is more of a group affair. So on the weekends in Turkey, um, families will often gather for breakfast. So you might have 10 people 
all having a late breakfast, either in a restaurant or at each other's houses. And a proper Turkish breakfast has dozens of dishes, um, you know, cheeses, uh, tomato, cucumber, olives, kaimak, which is a kind of clotted cream and honey, of course, eggs, um, menemen, which is like a scrambled egg dish, suçuk, which is sausages, simit, the traditional bread, similar to a bagel, but not boiled, therefore more dry, but with a nice sesame flavor, because lots of sesame seeds. Um, oh, I should just start a food podcast, really, but Turkish breakfast is fabulous, and it's served with tea, not coffee, tea, chai, and anyway, so a sürtme kavalte is just a little bit of this, a little bit of that. It's about 20 different dishes. You really, you feel sorry for whoever is stuck doing the dishes after kavalte. But in restaurants here, typical sürtme kavalte serves two people, and it has tons of little plates. It's very aesthetic. It's very um, beautiful and very delicious. So I just wanted to give that information for this Sürpme sprinkling of history episode. So for the majority of my episodes here on slouching towards Byzantium, um, I've stayed kind of in the old city of Istanbul, which again is a very, very large area. But that's just one part of Istanbul. So for anyone who does not live in Istanbul, it will be hard to explain, but not that hard if you look at a map. Istanbul has the European side and the Asian side. The European side is divided up into two kind of major sections by that Golden Horn Inlet. So you have the old city on the southern side of the Golden Horn, but across the Golden Horn, just a short little jump across the water, is modern day, the heart of modern day Istanbul, really. Um, Taksim Square, Galata Tower, <clears throat> further continuing up into Besiktas, and then everything up the Bosphorus, all the neighborhoods of Ortakoy and... Uh, Rumele Hisari and everything. So this was all, of course, once upon a time, part of the Byzantine Empire as well. But it's not what they would have referred to as um, old Constantinople, and it wasn't part of old Istanbul either. It was, uh, you know, a separate region. Region, And of course, all those villages like Ortakoy, uh, you know, that means middle village, they were their own villages. Now it's all part of Istanbul because Istanbul is huge, giant, mega city. Um, but across over into uh, around Taksim, which is part of a greater area known as Beolu, still a very historical area. Um, back in, you know, the Byzantine times, it was known as Sikai. And this area has a lot of history, which I don't know all of. But I do know that the Genoese established um, a colony there basically. That may have been after the Crusaders sacked the city in the 13th century. Anyway, the Galata Tower was built. So the area of Galata has um, some old kind of hans, some old buildings built actually yeah, in, the, in the 13th century by the Genoese. So there's a few of these old, old, old buildings. And of course, the Galata Tower, which is an amazing um, building in its own right. Then if you go up the hill into Beolu, you get into Para 
and the more modern um, area where in the 19th century, lots of buildings were built, lots of embassies and lots of hotels, the Parapalace, the infamous Parapalace Hotel, where Agatha Christie stayed, uh, is up in that region. And there are so many neighborhoods, I can't possibly talk about them all in this serpme sprinkle of this and that episode. But um, I just thought I would mention I've taken some really nice walks there recently through Galata, through Karakoy, and um, further up, you know, into some of the more um, poor areas of Beoldu, what are considered to be urban ghettos, um, Talabasha and Dolapdere. And they're very interesting areas, and there's a lot that we can say about them. So I just mentioned um, two areas of old Beolu, kind of part of Beolu, but slightly outside the boundaries of Beolu, um, of interest because they are known to be sort of the ghetto of Istanbul. And it's not really a polite term. Nobody wants to refer to an area where people live as a ghetto. I don't really like that term. But it is a useful term because if you are describing Tarlabasha, inevitably that term will come up, um, as well as Dolapdere and some other areas. But Tarlabasha is an area very close to central Taksim, the touristic heart of, of Istanbul, um, not the old city, but like the modern where bars and stuff like that are, it's, it's, it's just a hop, skip and a jump. It's just right there, but it's worlds apart. So history of Tarlabasha is very complicated and I can't really um, mention everything, but to sum up, um, in, I guess, the 50s, uh, earlier even than the 50s, let's say, older than that, um, in, in the beginnings of the, the Turkish Republic, Tarlabasha was an area full of uh, Greeks, okay? When the Greeks left in, in the 50s, um, other, other groups of people moved in and it was a cheap area to live. So lots of people coming from villages in East Turkey, from what I know, um, lots of Kurdish families uh, moved in to Tarlabasha. Also a lot of Roma populations. So the Romas moved in as well. And now more recently, lots of um, Syrians and, you know, refugees from different places have come there because again, it became an area of very low rent. So when we use the term ghetto, that's what that means. Um, again, I don't like that term, but it's, it's a poor area and it's a, you know, traditionally dangerous, not maintained area. But of course, because it's so close to Taksim and Istiklal and these busy shopping touristic areas, it's prime real estate. So now you sort of have an odd hodgepodge of Airbnbs, um, Students, right, because it's cheap but central, English teachers, as well as, you know, Kurdish, Roma, uh, Syrians. So big families and people hanging their laundry and kids playing in the street and shooting cap guns at your head when you walk by. That kind of thing, but also foreigners. Yabanja. So Tarlabasha is a fascinating area. And of course, with the, the old buildings that are falling apart and, but, you know, would have been beautiful a hundred years ago, these old Greek style apartments. 
Uh, fascinating area. Lots you can read about that if you want to Google Tarlabasha. And of course, it's um, they've tried to gentrify it in the last 10 years, but that hasn't really been so successful because um, the buildings that they sort of kicked people out of to gentrify actually haven't been um, renovated or rebuilt. So there's sorts of buildings sitting empty and it's a problematic area. There are drug deals and there are, you know, uh, robberies and things like that are probably more frequent. So it has its trouble, but it also is really interesting and um, has to be mentioned because I walk through there fairly often and I have friends that live there and I used to live there. So Tarlabasha also leads down into Dolaptera, which is another fascinating area. I think I say that like a thousand times a day on this, uh, not a thousand times a day, but a thousand times an episode. Um, but Dolaptera is most well known for its flea market, which again is something that does not exist now because it used to be on Sundays. I don't know if they do it on another day. I haven't bothered to go on another day of the week or not known when to go. But anyway, I recently had a walk through there and um, yeah, it was, it was kind of, you know, good to see it again. It was good to see it again. And um, just, you know, remember that these parts of the city do still exist, um, even though in the last year, you know, we've all been kind of limited in where we can go, what we can do, lots of things have changed. Um, there is still a lot that, you know, that is out there that you can do. You can always go for a walk between the hours of 7 a.m. and 9 p.m., I think. We still have this 9 p.m. curfew, which is kind of the bane of my existence because I really miss walking at night could do a whole episode on, on night walks of Istanbul. You would not want to walk around Dolapdera at night or even Tarlabasha so much at night. Um, those areas are interesting and I just think, you know, a lot of people just write them off as being like gang areas or dangerous, but, you know, they, they have history and they have so many interesting kinds of um, stories within, within the neighborhoods. For example, the mussels that you buy on the street in Istanbul. So Istanbul, you can buy uh, mussels. They're called midye, and they're like uh, stuffed with rice and nuts and spices. They're really delicious. And then they're cooked, and then they pop them open and uh, serve them with a squeeze of lemon. They're like one lira each. Normally, you could buy those on any street corner, uh, especially in areas where there's lots of bars, like late in the evening. This is a really good snack to have when you're out having a time. Those mussels are, are made in Tarlabasha. A lot of people don't know that or don't want to know that, but they're made in like little informal kind of home kitchen um, establishments. I, I, I walked past one once and it was a huge metal drum of mussels being like tossed, you know, to kind of uh, clean them, I guess, of all the sand and various particles that are attached to mussels, uh, especially when they're coming out of the Bosphorus or the Golden Horn, which is not necessarily the cleanest water. So just one example of what goes on in Tarlabasha and Dolabdere um, and why those areas are interesting and you should know about them, especially if you live in Istanbul.
so that about wraps it up. Uh, thank you for listening to this Serpme episode of Slouching Towards Byzantium. Uh, a little bit of this, a bit of that, a journey from Samatia along the walls, across the Golden Horn, into Talabasha and uh, Beolu. So I will uh, see you on another episode, one that perhaps is a little bit more focused on a specific area, and maybe I'll actually do some recordings outside while I'm walking. It's a rainy day, so see you again next time.